I admire others and their stories. I admire conscious connections. Getting to know people and learning from them in small and big ways. <laughs> Here's to connecting with others and sharing their stories and experiences from their mouths to your ears. This episode is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Like anybody can do it. It has everything you need in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you host on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started with your own podcast. I'm excited to listen to yours. Now here is mine. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Let's Chat with J-Bax. I have our friend here, Lauren Chu, with us. Hey, Lauren. Thank you for Hi. being here. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I'd love to tell everyone how you and I cross paths. And it is a fun story for me because back in April, I got a Instagram DM from this brand called Love and & Chew. And I... I'm a very brand picky person. And I read this message. I went to the link that was sent to me and I'm like, you know what? Let's try these cookies. Let's see what it's all about. And I put myself into it. I got the cookies and the first bite I had, I was drooling. <laughs> I kept referring to it as a muffin. Love it. <laughs> if we know it, yeah, That's a so muffin. I'm like, it looks no like a muffin. No one's ever muffie. told it that. Oh my god. That's I'm like, hilarious. it is. It's a little denser than a muffin, but it makes my mouth water every single time. Awesome. What's your favorite flavor, by the way? I'm gonna have to say the mocha chip. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like that one. Is that not an, an average flavor for everyone to like? It's actually the worst selling flavor. Um, it's very polarizing. So it's yeah. kind of funny, like either the people that like it, like love it, it's their favorite flavor. And then everyone else hates it. It's hilarious. Like it's worse in retail. Yeah. <laughs> what do you <laughs> don't think know they don't like about it? <laughs> I think coffee is just really polarizing. So if yeah. you're a huge coffee lover, you'll love this flavor. Otherwise it's no. <laughs> And I could drink coffee at 10 p.m. at night and still go to bed and still really enjoy myself. So that's probably why I'm on that train. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'd love to dive into your brand, Love and Chew, the cookies, where it started, yeah. why, and just tell us about it. Yeah, so I'm super passionate about the plant-based lifestyle um, actually my stepmom introduced me to it. Um, I was a vegetarian for many years and then I went more vegan and I just, honestly, I just noticed like substantial changes in like my energy levels and just how I felt every day. And I just knew that it was 
the right lifestyle for me. And, you know, I was seeing that my stepmom was just baking all these delicious things that were plant-based because before I was baking with like granulated sugar and eggs and butter. And she was just making all these different types of substitutes in her recipes. And I just decided one day, like it kind of just hit me. I was just like, you know what? Like I, I want to like commercially bake this and I want to bring this to more people and, you know, really show them that like eating plant-based can taste good. Um, and it can be really convenient. And, you know, I walked into like, it was buy right in San Francisco, rainbow grocery and a few others. And I literally gave them samples that like I made in my home kitchen and they just loved it. Um, and then from there, I actually found a kitchen where I could bake my cookies and actually sell them. Um, and it wasn't really until I got a large purchase order from like, you know, a very large tech company mm -hmm. when I had to go find like a, a contract manufacturer, which I can explain more of what that is later um, and really produce like pallets and pallets of cookies. But that's really when my business began to take off. But for me, at the end of the day, it's not about pushing people to go vegan. It's more about, you know, encouraging them to become more plant-based, whether it's like a meatless Monday or whatnot. And I really think the environmental impact would be huge if everyone just made small changes. And also I think, you know, the health impact would be drastic as well. So, yeah. And you said yeah. you got into it you know, a few years ago. So like, I guess when you started cooking, you know, baking, yeah. did you have a background in that or were you just kind of curious and you kind of just taught yourself? Yeah. So I, I always baked kind of on my own for the holidays and like for friends and stuff like that, but it was just more of a fun hobby. Um, it, I didn't really start thinking of it as like a real business idea until, you know, about 2018. Um, and I'm completely self-taught and honestly, baking at home is so different than baking and like a commercial facility, just because there's all this different type, all these different types of like, like, you know, large equipment that are, it's very efficient. So like, for example, um, you know, like your standard, like stand-up mixer that a lot of bakers have at home, there's a commercial version of that called a Hobart mixer. And like, it can mix like 450 pounds of dough. And if you can imagine, it's just ginormous. <laughs> like yeah. I have a photo of myself standing next to one. And um, also just, you know, so the mixing process and then, you know, forming the cookies, um, that's also a commercial process as well. Um, and then getting them into the oven, there's a few different types of ovens. There, there's an, a tunnel oven, which is exactly what it sounds like. So like the cookies basically after the dough has been formed into like puck shapes or cookies, if you will, mm -hmm. they'll go on a conveyor belt through this tunnel oven. And it like sounds kind of crazy, but they actually bake very evenly when they go through the tunnel oven or um, some facilities use what's called like a rack oven. Mm -hmm. And so basically after, you know, the cookie, the raw dough is like formed, um, you'll put them on trays and then put them on the kind of these racks on wheels and then it attaches to the, you push it into the oven, which is like kind of a large walk-in oven. And sorry, I'm not explaining this that great. No, I love it. And, and then it basically, it'll bake evenly by basically, you know, turning the racks around because they're on wheels. Yeah. Um, but it's just really, I guess my point is it, it's just so different. Like what you bake at home versus like what is like commercially manufactured in the food world is entirely mm -hmm. different. But for me, like, 
I wanted to stay as close as possible to my stepmom's recipes. And I think like we've gotten very, very close, but it'll never be a hundred percent, I guess is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) And did you take her specific recipe or did you tweak it? Like, were you able to, I guess, how many tries did it take for you to find like a really good recipe? I mean, it took, so to get the base recipe, it took a few hundred times. And I've talked to a lot of people and that's pretty normal. Um, In terms of like, it's not a hundred percent her recipe. I did have to make some tweaks. Like for example, when, you know, I was explaining the dough divider. So like Mm -hmm. pushing the raw dough through the dough divider, like the original recipe was just far too sticky. And like Mm -hmm. the machine, like couldn't like chop the cookies, for example like into pucks. Um, So I did have to adjust it a little bit, like adjust like the dates, for example, in the recipe. Um, So it's not, it's not a hundred percent, but I tried to get as close as I could. So. Do you find yourself wanting to ever tweak the base recipe or do you think that it's pretty tried and, and perfected right now that you're just adding new flavors into the mix? Um, yeah, so we recently um, rebranded as Love and Shoe Brands, and we used to be called Complete Eats, like all one word. And there was like a variety of reasons why we changed our name. Like it was hard to pronounce. Like we were looking to do a rebrand anyways to like make our packaging more attractive for retail. Um, but then also the reason why, a large reason why I changed it is because I wanted to create like a bunch of different brand extensions off of Love and Shoe brands, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so like our current line is called the Superfood Cookie, um, and I'm really happy with that formulation because like they're soft baked and you know they have chia seeds and almonds and dates and like all these great ingredients. Um, but at the same time, we have gotten some consumer feedback, so we're actually going to come out with another line extension next year that kind of takes into account that feedback and it's going to be a completely different formulation too. Oh, wow. I think, yeah, I mean, I think when, but we're going to still keep the superfood cookie around because it Mm -hmm. sells really well and people love them. Um, But I think like one, um, one thing is, you know, we, um, we have a pretty large like e-com business. And Mm -hmm. so we get that like direct feedback from our customers. um, And we really try to like take that into consideration when we're launching new like cookies or any type of product. So yeah. yeah. And we, the feedback you get from your customers, is it just like over the internet? How do you get that feedback to really actually apply it? Yeah. So when I was creating my brand, I really wanted us to feel like a friend that you could talk to, which I know sounds really weird, but I feel like we've actually <laughs> like, <laughs> I know it's cute, but like, I wanted to be like approachable. Like we don't take ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. Like like we want to be fun. Like, you know, it's just, I think that people, because we've like done a pretty good job of like crafting this brand, like people like DM us on Instagram, they call us, like they email us, they like DM us on uh, Facebook, like any platform that we're on, people are trying to talk to us, um, which I think is great. Like we get maybe like, I don't know, maybe sometimes 10 plus inquiries a day, like people giving feedback, um, like their order is wrong, um, like they're missing two cookies from their order. And of course, like we'll always make it right. Um, Just like, there's been people that just want to talk to us, which is cool too. And we're happy. Yeah. So that's um, amazing. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of businesses and a lot of companies, I feel like 
not that they don't have an open door policy, but a lot of times I don't feel like they're as welcoming to, to outsiders like that, or at least as engaging. So like you're giving the people the space to like, yeah. no one's ever perfect. And you want to make sure that yeah. what you're selling is, is rocking for your clientele. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. And like, I really imagine like building this, like plant-based snacking empire, if you will, but like, you really aren't, you really aren't able to do that. Like, unless like, you know, like what your customers want and you're Mm -hmm. really taking that like feedback into consideration. Um, and that's why I'm such a big fan and I'm going to do a couple next week and I'm like, I will never stop demoing. So like basically in store handing out samples of my product, Mm -hmm. like I now pay people to do it too, but I, I will never stop it because I actually, I love that like direct in-person um, real-time like feedback mechanism from people. So yeah. And that's, that's you showing, showing face, showing that you're passionate about your product and you're, yeah. you're willing to hear. And I think, yeah. I mean, you can attest to this or talk about it is when you see someone taste your products and they're their eyes light up or they get a smile on their face. They do a little dance because it's so good. How does that make you feel? I mean, to be honest, like we, so I'm a solo entrepreneur. I never had a Mm co-founder. I think there's, I was like having a conversation the other day with like another founder about this. I think there's pros and cons of having a founder to be on or a co-founder to be honest. Um, But I think honestly, as like a solo founder, like it's kind of, lonely sometimes and like there are dark days where like I just don't want to sugarcoat it like there are days where you're just like this is just so hard like everything is so hard all the time and then it's funny like at that exact moment that's like when one of my customers will email us and be like I love your cookies like I just sent them to like my daughter and my best friend and my son and like they're like, she's away at college and it really made her day. And like, thank you for doing what you do. Like literally every time I'm having a bad day, like someone sends me an email like that. And like, it really honestly keeps me going. So, and I do read, we have like a general info box, but like, I do read every single customer, almost every single customer email. So, or inquiry. Yeah. And that's like the validation you need. And I think a lot, a lot of people struggle with validation where, you know, we think that it is hard. Do we give up or we need that extra push? And like the universe is saying, you're doing great. Here is someone who is going to validate that. And even because it's hard to validate yourself sometimes. So that's always nice to get that extra push. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And not to say that, like, I'm thinking about quitting or anything like that. Yeah. I feel like it's just like, there's just like this up and down roller coaster and like as your business grows like your problems just you just like trade out problem like different problems like you just have different problems honestly at yeah. a different scale so yeah. well and yeah. I, I guess I'm thinking is you know you've had a lot of challenges within yeah. growing this business and yeah. what would you say is either still now or the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome or you're still working with? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot, like a lot of people will give you a similar answer in, Mm -hmm. um, in my world, but in my industry, but honestly, like COVID-19 has been Mm -hmm. so incredibly challenging. Like I, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's just 
honestly like the labor shortage so like we ship pallets of cookies like all over the country but if there's no like truck drivers to like take them from point a to point b then that's a problem or Mm -hmm. even the baking of our cookies like you know a lot of like our you know partner bakeries like they want to run like a second or third shift but they can't because like there's no one to work Mm um and then also so like ingredient and sourcing, like we're pretty lucky in that like most, I would say 95 of our ingredients are USA sourced mm-hmm. and um, we're able to hedge against it. So like we buy larger quantities than we need just because like we're honestly anticipating like a huge disruption. Like yeah. even like you go to Costco now, like they don't have toilet paper, like mm-hmm. there's stuff going on. <laughs> like there's, there's um you know, there's ships like out in the port and like, you know, there's no one to like unload the containers. Like this is yeah. happening. Like everything is going up. Um, there's massive inflation. So it's just like thinking through these issues, like, and how do we, you know, how do we like come out on top? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's really challenging. So. Yeah. And how do you keep your head on it all? You know, like what, how, what's your coping mechanism? Or if you're really stressed out on these challenges, what do you do to keep your head on? Um, I mean, so personally, I'm a huge fan of meditation. So I meditate like every night for like 10 or 15 minutes Mm -hmm. before I go to bed. And that like really helps me sleep because otherwise, honestly, I used to stay up all night, like marinating on these issues. And then, you know, I'd be super exhausted the next day and just like the problems would compound. So like that's helped out like a ton or just Mm -hmm. like going outside on a walk or exercising, like doing yoga or doing like a spin class or something like Mm -hmm. that. So that helps. Um, But then also, you know, I really rely, like, I don't have a huge team, but like, I really do rely on my team. And Mm -hmm. um, like, for example, um, we just hired an operations manager and she comes from like an awesome background. Like she managed like 13 um packaged fruit plants <laughs> so wow she's definitely has a lot of experience with like sourcing ingredients and like the operational aspects of the business so you know I, I rely on my team too so yeah definitely and would you say that your culture is very almost like it is an open door with your your customers and your clientele that that's what your culture you're building at at your brand yeah so I I was I was thinking about this the other day so like we're super small. Like we have, it's just me and two other full-time people, Judy, Mm -hmm. who you met and then Kristen, who we just hired. And then we have a bunch of contractors. Um, and you know, I was thinking this through, I have like a very, like, so we're an entirely remote company. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely have the type of management style where I'm a little bit hands-off and Mm -hmm. I believe in like treating people like adults and letting them do their job. And, you know, I don't personally, I don't care. Like if you are working, you know, 30, 35 hours a week and you're getting everything done, um, then, you know, I'm happy with that, you know? So, and I think what I've been really thinking about recently is, you know, building like a very inclusive, like company culture where people do feel like they can come to me and talk to me about their problems. Um, and, you know, I hope, they both feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, I do have an open door. So. Yeah. And do you think that brings you closer just because like, there isn't that like hierarchy almost you're more of all on the same page and you're able to be yeah. open in that space. I think it does. Cause I think they know that like, I'm, I'm down to do anything. Like I'm not above, 
doing anything honestly (laughs) like we were talking this is just like a funny thing so we were talking about maybe adopting the chewy model so do you know chewy.com they they're a market like the dog brand yeah yes (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) so I have a dog um and Kristen has a cat and we were talking about like improving the customer experience and she was like well you know, every year Chewy.com sends my cat a birthday card. And I was just like, that's freaking adorable. Like, I want to do that, but not send it to, you know, their cat or dog. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, I was just like, I'll, I'll handwrite them. Like, I don't care. Like I can spend like an hour a week handwriting birthday cards. Like I'm happy to do that. Like, I just want them to know. I think they do know that, you know, I'm up for doing anything. Yeah. And I mean, that's a great, I I feel like personally, if I would get a written card saying happy birthday, here's a cookie that is just instilling brand loyalty right there. Like you're, you're thinking about your customers. And I think in a world with so many different brands and, uh, just everything going on in the world, it feels like you're getting a hug from afar. And I feel like that's something that's huge to have with, with small brands that grow into bigger brands and to actually keep that mentality because that's, yeah. it's nice to just feel wanted and heard and felt by a larger company who doesn't really know you, but they're going to go out of their way to just write you a, Hey, happy birthday. That's a big day. Yeah. And I mean, like, to be honest, I mean, if we like right now we have like a manageable, like our e-com business is yeah. doing well and we have a manageable amount of orders, but like, I don't know if we're processing like a million orders a month. Like, I don't know if it's possible for me to write a birthday card to every (laughs) single person, um, like handwritten and everything. But I feel like you're right. Like at this stage in the game, but it's like, it's a great way to set us apart and show that like we care. Um, And it's also, it's, it's fun. I, I think it's also a little bit not to, hate on it but it's also like a little bit lame on your birthday when you get a birthday email and they're like here's a code for yeah <laughs> exactly I don't even like, see okay. those emails I'm not an email person so I'd be like yeah three months later oh I guess I I've missed that code <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well so Lauren you are a mom yes I yes am. I have a nine-month-old So you're, you're a mom of a beautiful baby girl and you're an entrepreneur and you're plant-based. You really are into health and wellness. How do you navigate your life with that? And you know, how do you start your day? What, like, what's the focus every single day when you wake up in the morning? I mean, to be honest, like my focus every morning is my daughter because she wakes me up at like 5 30 or 6 every morning <laughs> and I'm gonna sound really lame but sometimes I go back I go to bed at like you know when she goes to bed which is like 7 30 <laughs> just to that. catch up on sleep but I mean honestly like no day is really typical like I spend every morning with her and then um I do have help during like mm-hmm. the business day of course because like how else would I be able to get things done yeah. um but I mean one thing I've really learned like you know being a mom is I think you just you end up learning I, I feel like women have superpowers to be honest because like you know at the end of the day I think babies really want their mom um mm-hmm. and like no one else can really fill that role um And I think that you just really learn how to be more efficient with your time and your priorities really change. Like I gave up things that, you know, 
I thought mattered to me at the time, but you know, honestly, my focus is, you know, my daughter and running my business. And like, those are my two main priorities and yeah. of course being a wife too. So, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people can, can get wrapped up in the priorities. You know, you yeah. want to put your, your daughter first, your partner first, and then yeah. where do you put yourself? So in that mix, where do you yeah. find, you know, the time to choose yourself to, to put a lot of self-care into yourself so you can run the business and be as great of a mom and a partner as you are? Yeah. I mean, for me, like I get really grumpy if I don't exercise, Yeah, <laughs> exercise or sleep. So I try to, I try to do something. I try to move my body like every day in some way, like whether it's like a brisk walk with my dog and my baby, or it's like a run or, you know, like hopping on my exercise bike or whatever, even if it's just like for 20 or 30 minutes, I try to take that time for myself. Um, and then, yeah, with sleep, like if I have to go to bed at like seven 30 or eight to like really catch up, cause I'm feeling exhausted. Like I will. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, in terms of like work-life balance, honestly, it's still a work in progress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like sometimes yeah. I feel like Kristen and Judy think I work all the time <laughs> so, and I don't think that's necessarily a good thing either. Yeah. Um, I'm still working on it. So, yeah. What do you think the hardest part about putting, putting the computer down or putting work away? What kind of keeps you going? Um, so I think you know, running a business, there's always like a million things to do. And really the trick is prioritizing and figuring out like what can wait, um, what needs to be done like right away. And then like what kind of falls in the middle case. And like when I was like first starting out, I just felt like I had to like finish everything right away. And I was just driving myself crazy and just mm -hmm. like working all the time. Um, whereas now, like I feel more comfortable um, like in terms of like where we're at and um I'm really trying to focus more on like working smarter not harder mm -hmm. so I can spend more time with my kid and like with my family and stuff like that um because like at the end of the day like I'm doing this because you know I'm really passionate about you know the plant-based lifestyle but also I really want to show my daughter that like she can run a business too if that's what she wants to do like she can she can work she can be a mom she can do whatever she wants to do like I'm not trying to push anything in particular on her, but I just want to show her that like she has options and possibilities in the future. So I love that so much. <laughs> and I think you, it's important. Yeah. Know? Oh my gosh. It's a, it's so important. And I think that even yeah. you're setting a great example for not only your daughter, but anyone who's listening to this is this is a great example. And I, I'm feeling so inspired because I feel like there's, it's so hard to, to start your own business and to, to be on top of it. And you are the only, you know, founder, basically, you know, you started this yeah. yourself. That's huge. And did you always think that you were going to get to this place or like, do you always want to be an entrepreneur and start your own? Or what did that really look like? I mean, to be honest, I didn't really start thinking about it. So I moved to San Francisco when I was like 22. So mm -hmm. right out of school. And um, I worked at um, Solar City, which is like Elon Musk's company, mm -hmm. um, later got acquired by Tesla. 
Um, and then after that, I worked at like a really small startup and I was like the second person on the business development team. And honestly, like working in a super startup, the environment where there was only like 15 employees, like I didn't, I, it never really occurred to me until I started working there that like I could go out and start my own thing. Mm -hmm. um, and actually a lot of the ex-employees there went out and started their own businesses too. So I think you know, being in Silicon Valley, I know that there's a lot of problems with Silicon Valley, but, you know, there, it's also, I think, one of the, like, one of the more creative places in the United States, to be honest, like, one of the more innovative places, mm -hmm. um, even, like, people think tech, but honestly, there's a lot of different brands that are born in San Francisco, too, mm -hmm. and in a variety of industries. So. Yeah. I mean, San Francisco is, I mean, me not being from here and moving out here, it's yeah. the, the land of opportunities is, it is. is what I hear I a lot. I think it still is. Yeah. yeah. It's changed a lot with COVID, obviously. Yes. Yes, <laughs> definitely. But there are so many, yeah. I mean, there are so many tech companies. I mean, I plan events yeah. for a tech company. That's like my full-time oh, awesome. job. Okay. Um, but great. I mean, when I, yeah, but when you think about like all of the other opportunities that Silicon Valley or SF has to offer the yeah. amount of startups that can teach, like teach you as you started one and then what yeah. it taught you led you to where you are now. I think it's a huge stepping stone from where you are to just push yourself yeah. and learn so many things. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of like working in an early stage startup, like, cause my first job was just super corporate and they're yeah. kind of like, this is this is your job like do these three things and like please don't do anything else and I didn't work well there because mm -hmm. you know I, I want to like know I want to like give back more you know what I mean I want to work yeah. outside of my job description I've always been that type of person and then working at a startup startup where they're just like figure it out like this is what we need to do figure it out without any instruction like it just never even occurred to me. And I, I really honestly encourage anyone, if you have the opportunity to work at a startup, um, it'll definitely be a great learning experience. So. Do you think it made you more solution-based in that sense? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, and one example of that was, um, so at this particular startup, there wasn't a sales team at all. It was just kind of this general like business development team where there were, you know, some analysts and, you know, a lot of people actually that had like a MBA background, but there wasn't like a real salesperson on the team. And so like the product was ready to sell and like no one was selling it. So I was just like, you know what, we need to get some customers. Like we need to get this product out there and get people to try it um, and get like the consumer feedback. Um, and so I was the one that actually you know, brought in some of their largest early customers at the time. And like, no one even really asked me to do it. I just like saw that they had no customers. And so I decided to go out and cold call and get them some customers. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Were you, what did you study in school? If I can ask. Nothing related to what I do. Okay. That's so. even, I love that so much. I love that so much because yeah. you can do whatever you want out of college. Yeah. College is a degree and then you move forward and it's about the experiences yeah. that you yeah. go into. Yeah. I studied international relations and Chinese when I lived in China and Taiwan for a while. And um, I'm teaching my daughter Chinese, but honestly I haven't used it in a professional yeah. sense. But. Yeah. Yeah. How was living in, in, you know, China and um, Taiwan? 
I mean, it was, it was pretty crazy. So um, this was in 2009, which I realize I'm aging myself a little bit. Um, and this is when like Shanghai was like really like going in this like building frenzy. So like literally outside of my apartment, like skyscrapers would go up like within mm -hmm. like a period of like a couple of months, like, and I'm not even exaggerating, Wild. like the entire city was under construction. Um, so it was definitely a fun and exciting time to be there. Um, you know, I know the Chinese government hopefully is not listening to this, but I learned a lot about democracy and personal freedoms. Like mm -hmm. probably one of the like most memorable experiences was, um, so, you know, I was an international student and, you know, they have this orientation and they're like, by the way, these are the 10 things that you absolutely cannot talk about in China, <laughs> like at all. And I, I'm sure you can guess what those are, like mm -hmm. Tiananmen Square, Tibet, et cetera. Um, and that was just really eye-opening for me as a college student. So, yeah. yeah. What do you think you learned from like being a college student there? Um, I mean, it was just, it was the first time, you know, I grew up in California mm -hmm. and it was just honestly like, and I went to school in California and it was honestly the first time where I was in an environment. And at the time I didn't really speak Chinese very well. Like mm. I was just a little bit conversational and it was like the first time in my life that I really felt truly uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and it's kind of one of those situations, like there were a few people in my program that like felt so uncomfortable that they just like got on a plane, went home. Mm -hmm. And I really decided to embrace that discomfort, you know, whether it was like a language barrier, like different customs, like lots of things happening around me that I just didn't understand, um, getting to know local students and like just the way that they, you know, approach society and kind of think about things was just so different than mm -hmm. what I was used to. And honestly, I just, I learned to embrace it. And like, when I look back, like, that was definitely one of the most like formative experiences of my life. And honestly, as an adult today and like running a small business, like I still, you know, embrace that discomfort and like get outside of my comfort zone. And I really, you know, think that, you know, being in China when I was, you know, 19, 20, that's really helped me today. So, yeah. And they always say, you know, live in the uncomfortable, you grow the most yeah. when you're uncomfortable. So you yeah. threw yourself, not just in that environment, but our past conversation for the past 40 minutes, you've been uncomfortable doing things that yeah. are not of, you're not asked to do. You're just doing them because you're yeah. living in the uncomfortability. And I mean, I'm like smiling over here. Cause like <laughs> you have, I'm watching your life briefly unfold and in, into who you are today. I mean, you're this passionate woman who is juggling so much. You're wearing all of these hats. You're, you're doing yeah. so many things for yourself. And I feel like that is something that people would just, a lot of people would give up because it's hard, but you're doing yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it is really hard sometimes, but yeah, it's also really rewarding too. Yeah. Like it's so cool. Um, what happened the other day? Oh yeah. So like I was on an airplane and, you know, I was just making conversation with someone like that was sitting next to me and they're like, what do you do for work? And I was telling them and they're like, oh, like I've had your cookies before. And I was like, what? <laughs> 
and I was like on a flight on the East Coast where we're not even really that well distributed there. <laughs> like just things like that. It was just so cool. Like, you know, like the fact that, you know, I was able to like build something and, you know, people are out there enjoying that. And I think sometimes you lose sight of that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like you're just kind of focused on like the, I personally am focused on the immediate tasks in front of me. And mm -hmm. so sometimes I just need to tell myself take a step back and yeah. you know enjoy the process yeah so. and then look at the big picture I mean it, it's, it's yeah. all unfolding and it's it's t almost 2022 you know there's a few I months I left <laughs> I know I can't even I can't even believe it honestly <laughs> what, what are you know what are your goals for the end of this year into next year I mean I'm sure you have those yeah. those placeholders those goals that you really want to hit can you share any of those yeah, so um, so we, as you know, and thank you so much for supporting our launch, um, yeah. but we recently launched in the Whole Foods in throughout Northern California. Um, and so my goal for next year, well, my immediate goal is really to make that as successful as possible. So we're supporting that with influencer campaigns and samplings and couponing and different strategies. Um, but then, you know, my long-term goal with that is really to expand that relationship and be nationwide in Whole Foods. Um, and then I'd like to throw in a personal goal. Um, you know, my personal goal, honestly, is to spend as much time as I can with my daughter, like in my personal life and yeah. really be a great, you know, role model for her and have fun with her too. So, yeah. Yeah. And she's, so she's nine months, so she's going to be- yeah. She'll be one in January, December. Yeah, in January. And she just started crawling like a month ago. And <laughs> that's just like a whole new game. <laughs> yeah. Like I she's getting into more this, things. Like, <laughs> yes. I built this, we like to call it like a baby jail. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So she's kind of trapped in, but she has like all her books and her toys, so it's fine. And we're often in baby jail with her, but yes, we're kind of scrambling to baby for our place. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, you're, you're running around helping her out and again, yeah. being, being a mom, being a business owner, you and a partner, you are literally having every challenge that could be thrown at you, just thrown at you and, and yeah. you're dealing with that. And you're, when I say dealing, you're you're working with it. You're literally holding hands with it and doing your best and you're moving your body and you're meditating, which this kind of makes me think, do you, do you journal? Do you get into journaling kind of your thoughts and goals and things like that? You know, I don't journal as much as I would like to. I mm -hmm. do. So I do every, at the end of every year. And I think, I mean, a lot of people probably do this. I yeah. do write my like short-term and long-term goals for the following year. Um, I've been very consistent about that, but I don't necessarily journal like on a weekly basis, but I do want to start getting into it more. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause I do think that like goals aren't like, there's not really a point of having a goal unless you write it down and, mm -hmm. you know, track it. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and when you write something down, I'm so big on this. If I think it, I scramble to find a journal anywhere because I'm like, if oh, I awesome. don't write this down, I'm going to forget about it. I'm not going to work towards it. That's my like motto is now I, I literally bring three books with me and two journals everywhere I go just in case. 
And, you know, it's, it's really fun to look back. Yeah. It's really fun to look back and just say like, wow, I did write that down and it made me want to work harder at it. And even if you don't even look at it every day, I mean, sometimes you write the same goal out or the same affirmation out every single day. So you can kind of instill that in you, but it's crazy when you write it down once you may think you forgot about it, but then you find that all over again, maybe three months later. And you're like, holy shit. I actually worked towards that goal because I wrote it down. Like I spoke it into existence and it happened. I love that you actually write it down with like a pen and a piece of paper because I feel like most people I know will write it like in the nerd section of their iPhone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's fun. Yeah. It's definitely more powerful when you actually put pen to paper because I that's that's phasing out. It's, it's like, it is back to yeah. writing a letter to someone yeah. for their birthday versus sending them an email. You know, it's something yeah. that is personal. And when you actually are able to, to write it out, you're thinking it, and then you're physically writing it out. It's like three ways of, of acknowledging that and, and putting yeah. it into motion. Yeah. I have a good friend that she still writes me letters. Like we've been friends since high school and I actually have not been great about writing her letters back <laughs> this past year, but I always really look forward. Like she writes me like a long letter too. <laughs> like, and I, I always look forward to receiving them. Yeah. So. And I, I think, I mean, I feel a lot, like a lot of us can get into the motion where it's like, we don't write back sometimes because yeah. when you think about it, it's, I mean, you, you put emotion into that letter that you're writing or at least some thought into it that it can yeah. almost be like, what do I say? All I have this piece of paper, only this piece of paper. What do I write on it? You know, like I'm a big one where I'll type it out and then I'll write it out because I want oh, to sure that. <laughs> that yeah. everything I need to. Yeah. You're not crossing out too many things in your journal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And sometimes like, yeah. even when I'm speaking, when I'm writing, I'm just going with it. Like if I start saying something, I'm like, I guess I'm not, there's no going back now. You just got to go forward. So if I'm writing it, I'll kind of pause and be like, okay, I didn't really want to write that word, but there's no crossing it out. So how can I rephrase myself to, to speak what necessarily means the same thing, but just in a different way. Right. I love it. (laughs) Well, Lauren, it has been amazing learning about you and your business and everything. Yeah, I would love, yeah, I would love to leave our listeners with, you know, one piece of advice that you would give them, whether that is in your personal life, your personal goals, or for them to reach their goals as an entrepreneur or whatever it may be. So this is kind of a motto that I've been embracing a lot more lately. I mean, I think things take when you write down your goals, sometimes things take longer than you expect. Um, and I think you just really need to trust the process and, you know, be patient. And I think it'll be your turn, you know, when it's supposed to be your turn. So. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that perspective before, but I love it. I yeah. love it because sometimes you're practicing you just have patience. To let, yeah. You just have to let go a little bit and like trust the process that's what I'm trying to embrace more. So, cause I'm very impatient. <laughs> yeah. I love that so much. And I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just as impatient. I'm going to reflect on your words tonight. I think that was really, really good. Great. <laughs>
Thank you everyone for listening to me and Lauren talk about so many amazing, powerful things. And I hope you got so much out of this and send this to a friend if you did and reach out to Love and Shoe Brands on Instagram. It's L-O-V-E-A-N-D-C-H-E-W Brands and say (laughs) hi. And if you want to buy their cookies, JVAX 15 for 15% off. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Peace, love. Uh, Appreciate everyone here. Yeah.